888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview on episode 277, I'm on the line with none other than Alex Barker from the 66-Day Experiment, a blog, website, and podcast dedicated to helping you make lasting change in your life. On his podcast, he experiments on his life and business with things like reading a book a day, facing daily rejection, and creating a business all in 66-day increments. He's a big action taker, built three businesses in three years, paid off his house in less than three years, and helped over 50 people grow their businesses. One of the things that he does is set people up in mastermind groups. So I talk, I brought him on today to talk about how to use mastermind groups to connect your audience. So mastermind groups, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Alex, my man, how are you doing? Dude, I feel like I'm on a talk show. <laughs> you on a talk show. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> I feel like I'm on the Conan O'Brien show. I mean, this is high energy stuff, man. I'm feeling awesome today. Well, well, Thanks I, for having me here. No problem, man. I can't I can't claim that it's going to be as exciting as Conan O'Brien, but we're going to have a good time. <laughs> let's get started. All right, let's get started. So, 66-day experiments that you do at 66dayexperiment.com. Where do, where in the world did that idea come from? <laughs> My imagination. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I have to admit, I'm big into research. Okay. Uh, I, I'm a pharmacist by trade, so I had to do a lot of research in my uh, doctoral program. And I found that there were some interesting studies out there, like stuff about habits. And there's a study out there done by the University College of London. Uh-huh that says that it takes 66 days to actually form a habit, not the three-week yeah, myth. I've heard that's 21 days. That, what's, what's the deal with that? Have I been lied to? <laughs> well, I think it's just one of those pieces of common wisdom uh, that gets spread around on the internet and everyone thinks, oh, this is, this is the truth. But it, it's on the internet, dude. It has to be true. <laughs> I found it on a Reddit sub <laughs> It's not just a rumor. It's real. There you go. It's more important than Google. All right. So you read this research. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? This is this is really cool. I I have always been fascinated with personal development. One of my first blogs was about personal development and leadership. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be great to actually see this in action, to actually implement these sort of habits in my life? And record the whole process, record the journey of what it's actually like to make lasting change. And that's how it all got started back in, I think the idea formed in April 2015. Okay. And I I just slowly started taking action on it. Actually, I was um, probably with our mutual acquaintance, Kamanzi Constable. Ah, uh, yes. 
And I was bouncing the idea back and forth with him. And he was like, dude, take it. In fact, I'm actually looking at uh, the sticky note of the original idea. I, I keep these sticky notes here of the original idea. And it says 66 days on it. And there's all sorts of words circle. And it's confusing. And uh, the first real experiment I did was reading a book a day. Interesting. Okay, so I, I want to get into that. But let's let's um let's go for the backstory. How did how did this journey even begin? Because I know you're okay, you're a pharmacist and you're starting this online you started this online business. Give me a little bit of the backstory in terms of how you even decided to venture into this this realm of online business. <laughs> I think like a lot of people, it's probably a similar story. Um, I started listening to podcasts. Oh, that'll get you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, like, oh, what else is out there? Right. And um, I had at the time I had literally a two hour commute every day. Oh. It was awful. <laughs> but I filled the time in with podcasts. And I think the very one of the first podcasts I listened to was about career development because I was I was wanting to get better at interviews. OK. And then that led into leadership. Um, and I, I think the very first podcast I really started listening to was Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. Ah, uh, yes. We took the Dave Ramsey course, right, to pay off our debt. And um, I was like, well, what else What else does he make? Because this finance stuff is cool, but not really interesting to me. And I started thinking, well, this entrepreneur stuff is pretty cool. And that led me to Michael Hyatt, which led me to Dan Miller, which mm -hmm. led me to Pat Flynn, which led me to Leslie Samuel because I was like, I got to get a blog. <laughs> Pat talks about it a little bit, but he, it doesn't seem like he specializes in. Mm. So that's how I actually led to you, I think, in 2013 because I actually had you on my first uh, podcast ever, The Leadership Dojo. Yep, I remember that. Yep, and that's how this whole journey got started. That was the very first – well – the first official blog I ever created was pharmacytechnicianresume.com, which was awful. That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds so exciting to me. Pharmacytechnicianresume.com. I can imagine just going there and learning. Uh, no, I, I don't know what I can imagine. Please fill, fill in the blanks there. What am I learning when I go there? <laughs> well, I felt I fell in love with the dream of passive income, mm. right? I was like, oh, yeah, this this is a great idea. I can do this. I should be able to do it. And I started to look into what could I talk about? What am I good at? And uh, that led me down the road of pharmacy, right? I'm a pharmacist. This makes sense. Um, I, I did resume reviews in college. And I thought, well, maybe I could do it. Uh, maybe I could just talk about it. And, and get all this Google AdSense money that's just hanging around in the <laughs> online world and just make tons of money like all these other people are. And uh, I found out a lot of things. I found out I'm not an excellent writer. Mm. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a much better speaker, which was a great lesson to learn. And I also learned that um, I'm really not great at technical stuff. I, I definitely did not enjoy the finer, finer things of WordPress. <laughs> But um, I learned a lot in the process, but it was <laughs> um, it was a good start. Let's let's say that. All right. So you started that blog. It made thousands of dollars and then you moved <laughs> on to the next project. Is that how the story kind of went? Oh, no, that failed. <laughs> did, it, did it make any money at all? Oh, no, not okay. at all. 
just cost me money. All right. So you started this first blog. Um, well, let me ask this. Why do you think it failed? A lack of deep inner reflection. Okay, explain. If I'm honest. If I'm honest with you, I, I think I was just easily influenced by who was influencing me, which were the podcasts I was listening to. Um, I didn't really think about, is this really a good use of your time? Is this a good use of your skills? Can you honestly put your name behind this and say, this is, this is my legacy mm. that I want to leave behind? And I didn't. I kind of just fell in. I just got wrapped up in the emotion of passive income. You got to do this, you know, <laughs> just jump on the bad wagon, start making money like everyone else is. Um, so I think there's a certain romanticism uh, behind it that I fell in love with and I just started taking action. So the reason why it failed was just it didn't resonate with me. Mm. It It didn't play well to my strengths and uh i just got bored with it very quickly i think i gave up on it maybe three two or three months after it was created interesting you know one of the first things i i like to teach in my courses is really how do you how do you decide on a niche and you said something there that really stood out in my mind that inner reflection um, that thinking through, hey, what am I good at? What am I passionate about? What do people come to me for? What, I mean, there's so many questions that you can ask that can lead you to a better start if you think about these questions. And then of course, you got to think about, is this something that can make money? And, and all of these other questions. But I actually, now that I'm listening to you, I wish that I did that when I first started what I did online. Because that would have saved me so much. So that, that's, that's, that's interesting to hear you say that. Okay, so you started that first project. That didn't go well. Where did you go next? After that, I th I'm certain the next project was the Leadership Dojo. Because that resonated more with me. Yeah. Um, I love to talk, as you may, have, may <laughs> tell by now. Um, and I, I'm a, I'm a, I am a pretty good speaker, I think. Um, teaching is something I really love doing. It's, it's the thing that sets my whole soul on fire. And I love the idea of podcasting because it was a great way to grow an audience. So that launched the Leadership Dojo. The podcast did really well. It got like 40,000 downloads in two months oh, after nice. it was released. And um, <laughs> the lack of actually deep inner reflection was still present mm. because I didn't really know what I was doing. So that led me to create things like ebooks. I created courses. I created, um, I did some coaching and mastermind. Um, and all of those things made me a little bit of money. Um, but they weren't anything to write home about. And in fact, the deep inner reflection would have been really great because I, what I realized about six months into creating this platform was that I was setting myself up to become a leadership coach and consultant and a speaker. And I don't have a whole lot of experience of being a leader mm. or coaching or speaking. And I live in the middle of nowhere. I live in the same state as Leslie here, but I live like in the boonies. Oh, wait, I don't think you're more in the boonies than I am. We, oh, I, you're like a few hours from Chicago, right? I'm like five hours from nowhere. 
<laughs> I am in the middle of nowhere. How and many stoplights do you have in town? We have two. How many do you have? Oh, baby, you got me beat by one. Oh, man. <laughs> we got one stoplight in this town. Can you imagine how many businesses will be banging down my door to hire me <laughs> as a leadership coach? <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, you're doing this leadership dojo thing. It actually starts making money. Um, and did, is, the, is that something you're still doing today? No, no, it is not. I still do aspects of leadership coaching in, in my business, but I don't brand myself as a leadership coach. All right, so when I read the inter- introduction, it's um, someone caught on to this and, and, and it it caught their attention i said he built um let's wait where's the part that i read about you paying off your more okay he built three businesses in three years paid off his house in less than three years and 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 they heard that and they're like how in the world did this dude pay off his house in less than three (laughs) years so you got to tell us a little bit about that We, we the world wants to know so fill us in the story continues. Exactly. So <laughs> after the leadership dojo, I realized, you know what? I have to accept the fact that I'm a pharmacist. I, I, I need to realize that I don't want to try to just build a dream off of something that I don't have any experience in, like leadership. Uh, I've never really been a leader. I think the only leadership position I had was in high school. Uh, I was the student council treasurer, and I made the checking books a complete mess. I mean, it was awful. I did a really, really bad job. Mrs. Lefebvre, I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what I transitioned to was things where I talked about pharmacy. I created an authority website about pharmacy school that was going well. That led me to create pharmacy-related content for major websites and for pharmacy businesses. And that was the birthing, that that transition was the birthing process that led to my first major business, which is a media company, essentially. Okay, so it's a media company. You, you started this pharmacy business, um, uh, a, a platform about pharmacy school, um, and then you started writing for these publications. And how, how are you making money with this? Is it that you're getting paid for the articles that you're writing? Is that what the business was? At the time, uh, it was mostly getting paid for articles. At this point now, it's sponsorships, um, affiliate income, and then we are we are creating content for other businesses. And when I say we... I was just about I, to ask that, yeah. Yeah, I mean my team. At this point now in my business, it's really great. Um, about the only thing I do now is training. And um, I do like to create content every once in a while. Like we have a, we have a podcast that we batch that's for pharmacists called Pharmacy Life. And... Um, it's a, gr- we, I, I just love podcasting, so I can't stop. But with those shows, we do sponsorships and, and those sort of things to make income now. Gotcha. And it's that, that for the last ye- two years has been, um, our cash cow. It's how we've been able to pay off this house and pay off all our debt. In fact, Leslie, I have literally $44,000 left of college debt and i'm so excited because in six months time my goal is to get all of it eliminated 
that's exciting. I want to know a little more about that. We're going to talk, we're going to get to the mastermind stuff, but I want to know a little more about that because it sounds to me as if you started this thing, you started writing for these different um, pharmacy-related websites and publications and so on, and then you built a team, and the team is now doing a lot of that writing. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. My team uh, basically creates a lot of the content for um, our company, and we uh, distribute out to our um, clients, and they give us assignments for what they want to work on. And a lot of it is, I mean, yes, it's pharmacy related, but it's not, it's not like I have to have the degree behind my name to say that, hey, this is, this is your pharmacist telling you, you know, medical information and we have a liability, <laughs> you know, behind our, our company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty much delegated out. I use a VA in the Philippines who kind of organizes the whole thing. And then I have ghostwriters now in the uh, United States and Canada. And how, how did you find these writers and the VA and so on? <laughs> You're going to love the first one. So the VA uh, that is my main writer, she, I hired her off of HireMyMom.com. <laughs> I'm sorry. It sounded like you said HireMyMom.com? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I found that website. Like... I don't know how I stumbled I'm, I'm going to the it. website right now. I want to see which moms I can hire. This is interesting. So is this kind of like a, 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 well, I guess it was Odesk and now it's Upwork. Is it kind of like one of those sites? Yeah, it's not as fancy looking. You know, it's it looks like something made in 2006 or seven. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's updated since then, but I just remember posting um, what I needed there uh -huh. and she responded and she's been great. She's been working with me ever since she is a mommy. She, she works from <laughs> she home. Has to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would hope, right. That they're honest about that. Um, I don't know how they verify, but, <laughs> but, uh, and then I have other ghostwriters that I've hired through, uh, Upwork. It's Upwork now, right? Yes, it is. Um, I've hired through there. Um, I've actually got a great tactic to share. So if you're looking for a new writer and you want to hire them cheap, uh, basically try to target only new people on that site who want to get five-star ratings. Say that, you know, if you do a great job, we'll give you that rating and obviously promise more future work. That's how I've gotten so many cheap and great writers to get on my team. Um, and obviously they benefit too because they get more work because of all the ratings I give them on that website. But the other VA from the Philippines, I actually got through uh, Chris Ducker's uh, virtual staff finder. Gotcha. Okay. So you started this 66 day experiment. Now we're getting back to what we started with. Mm -hmm. um, and I see season one, read a single book every day. And then, Exercise daily, season two, face daily rejections, um, uh, build a business and profited $3,000 in 66 days. So you're going through all of these different things that you're trying to accomplish. But the one that stands out to me is read a single book every day. That sounds kind of insane. If I, For <laughs> me, reading a single book every week seems like a, a, a significant challenge. How in the world did you, first of all, did you accomplish that? So I, I think the record stand, I mean, it's fun to say 66 books, right? Uh, but I, if I'm truthful, I believe the record is, I think there was 55 books read in total in 66 days. Okay, that's still ridiculous to me. Though. <laughs> so how in the world did you accomplish that? 
definitely uh, a summary of well, some not summary, but um, the I would say the two time productivity tips I I used to accomplish that was time blocking in the mornings and in the nights, and then I also uh, quickly brushed up on speed reading before and during the experiment. Um, I'm definitely not a fast reader. In fact, I'm very slow, but speed reading is something that anyone can learn, at least get the gist of. So those were the two main ways how I did everything and record the podcast. Gotcha. All right, cool. Okay, we, we have the backstory. We understand that now. Um, masterminds. I want to talk a little bit about that. How have masterminds contributed to your success, to you know, the fact that you've been able to build these businesses and and pay off your 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 mortgage and all that good stuff, hmm. have have masterminds contributed to that? And if so, how? Amazingly so, uh, masterminds and coaches—that's like the key secret to my success in the last three four years now. Okay. Um, I first learned about them, I think, either through Michael Hyde or Dan Miller. That led me to create my own mastermind groups. Um, I remember when I started my first mastermind group ever, I charged $37 a month to help people start a podcast in the mastermind group. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember being so scared asking people $37. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. And uh, I remember a mastermind group, which actually some people I think you know, Alan Dubon, you know? Yep, you know I know Alan. him. Uh, and John Henderson. I'm not sure if you know. No, him. I don't know that one. That name. Um, we were in a group one day. This was when I was doing the leadership dojo stuff. He he asked me, Alex. After going, I was my turn in the hot seat where people are asking me questions and trying to help me get over my hurdles. And I remember him asking me this question, and it was so powerful. And it was, Alex, we know you don't like the idea of creating a pharmacy business. But is there a kind of business you could create in the world of pharmacy that you would love? And that was the question that changed everything for me. Hmm. I mean, with, without that one question that John asked me, and he essentially became my coach in that moment and, and later as well. And it's that <laughs> I, ha I had a different way of looking at the world. Because I thought for the longest time, there's no way I can bring these skills of pharmacy into business. I don't know why I had that mental hurdle. Hmm. It's probably confounding factors, but that one thing changed everything. And it's what led me to where I am today. That's why I love masterminds so much. I host them. Uh, I Right now, I have two mastermind groups with my peers. And then I also host them for entrepreneurs as well. And I love it. I, I absolutely love doing these things because... Just like coaching, it gives you the ability to tell people what your obstacles are and get that outside perspective and feedback that you really need in order to grow. Now, if I remember correctly, you've set up uh, a lot of mastermind groups. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, in Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income community, there's like over 22,000 people in that group. And over, I think, it, really in 2015... I created in that group alone over, f um, well, I, I paired, I should say, about 500 people into mastermind groups. 500 people. Now, what made you decide 
to start doing that. Because if I think about it, I understand the benefit of of being in a mastermind group. But what made you start to say, hey, not only do I want to be in a mastermind group, but I want to use mastermind groups. I want to set these up for others. You know, if I'm honest with you, Leslie, I believe the one of the reasons was I wanted to test to see if this was a viable business idea. Um, I know that a lot of people have tried this model before and failed. And I think I know why <laughs> after trying it myself. Why is that then? Listen, if you, if you think you know why, I want to I know what that is. 99, well, I don't have an actual percentage. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest here. I don't have any stats. (laughs) 99.8%, according to the Journal of Alex. (laughs) The majority, the vast majority of masterminds fail because there is no designated leader, period. Mm. The majority of those groups that I facilitated in the SPI group failed because no one was designated the leader and thus no one took responsibility for actually making the group work. That is the number one groups fail because no one takes leadership or ownership. Um, Hence why I'm actually able to have a business model where I host these groups because people are willing to pay for the service. But that's one major reason why they fail and also, most people fail because they just don't have the necessary agreements to succeed. It's kind of like uh, failed expectations with our wives, right, Leslie? Mm. <laughs> we can we can expect them to do something, but that often leads to both of us getting frustrated. Mm. But if we have an agreement, if my wife and I say, I'm going to be home at 5 p.m., I will play with the kids while you get to take a little break from your day, then we both are happy because we both created that agreement. And I'm, I'm probably, I'm imagining that there are probably people listening to this that have been a part of mastermind groups that have failed. And they're probably in their minds saying, you know what? <laughs> this is what happened with us. We didn't have a commitment, an agreement, or we didn't have anyone that was really leading us. And that's part of why, or if uh, that might just be why, we fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. Okay, so how do you see this? The title of this episode is How to Use Mastermind Groups to Connect Your Audience. Mm. Now, you are doing the, these mastermind groups now. Actually, what's the structure of the mastermind groups that you're doing now? There's a couple of different things I do. What I like to do is I like to pair people who are on relatively same levels of the entrepreneurship journey. And what we do is we pair them in groups. I like to have four, very maximum six people. If we do weekly meetings, what I like to have is about 10 minutes of sharing wins in the beginning where everyone's sharing what they accomplished from last week that they said they were going to and also sharing any tools or things like that that they've learned uh, to use in their business. That's actually a, a tip I got from Benjamin Franklin because he had a mastermind group um, many, many years ago, and he did that as well. In fact, if you go to the website 66dayexperiment.com and go on the resource page, I think it's tools or resources, we have well over 170 free tools that you can use for an online business. Um, 
And that's collected from all the mastermind groups that I've had over the last three years. Interesting. And so for the next major portion of the meeting, we have what's called the hot seat. And maybe a few members step in that during the meeting or maybe just one, depending on the structure, I suppose, or where people are at. And I have a very, I should say, I I have a trademark on my structure, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But the structure is this. The person comes to the hot seat knowing exactly what they're going to talk about and have a problem or something that they want to discuss during the meeting. They know exactly what they're going to talk about. They can't come to the meeting just saying, you know, I don't know what to talk about. They have to know. And for the next half of that hot seat time, which could anywhere be from 10 to 30 minutes, we only ask questions, period. And we're not giving advice with these questions. Mm. We're doing this for two major reasons. Number one, we are trying to find out the heart of the issue. We are not trying to just give them blanket advice that probably won't work. The second reason we're doing this is because we, we want to open their mind to possibilities that could come in the next part. And the next part is very interesting. Basically what happens in this part is the person in the hot seat steps aside from the meeting. They don't literally walk away, but they mute themselves and they don't say anything. Then all the other members look at each other (laughs) virtually and they say, well, what do we think about this? And everyone shares their thoughts that they've had as they've listened to all of these questions so that they can give the best targeted advice possible. We have that person in the hot seat step away because the main reason is we don't want you to get defensive about what people may say. Leslie, you've probably experienced this at some point in a mastermind group where you can tell someone is getting a little bit defensive when people are giving advice or they're they're saying, Leslie, you know, that's a great idea, but I can't do that for X, Y, Z reason. Well, actually, you know, now that you mentioned that, that has been me when I'm being defensive. And I remember in one of my mastermind um, meetings, Ray Edwards, he's in my mastermind group, Mm -hmm. and he, he called me on it. He said, you know what, Leslie, you brought the thing, we're giving you advice, and all we're here, you're being very defensive right now. And it's as if you, you're not open to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of caught me off guard. And I had to really think through what I was doing and realize that, you know what? I was being a bit defensive. And by doing that, I wasn't fully giving them the opportunity to, to share what they wanted to share with me. Or I wasn't fully hearing them. Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting structure because we've tried something like this recently where... In my mastermind group, um, uh, and Ray was the first one to do this, and I did this the next time. But basically, the hot seat was like this. I say, uh, well, I, I, I have them say, if I were Leslie, I would. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And for the entire hot seat, I had to be quiet and just listen. <laughs> Man, that was intense. Mm -hmm. But it was also so rewarding. So I really love this structure. I haven't heard I haven't heard this trademarked strategy (laughs) discussed 
anywhere else. <laughs> Except here on the Learning with Leslie show. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk a little more about the structure of the mastermind groups, but I'm, I'm realizing that there's something that we missed. Mm. And that is this. We're talking about how to do this to connect your audience. Um, and this is something that you're doing. You're forming these mastermind groups. They are connecting. You're the person that have con has connected them. But what does the process look like for pairing up these people? Mm. What does that look like in terms of how you do it with your business? There's a couple of ways that I do this. Um, the way that I found most effective is to actually get on the phone with these people and call them. And th this has been the greatest way for me to create an audience, hands down. It's not for me. And I know that a lot of people are going to say this isn't the wisest thing, but it's not an email list. It's not Facebook ads. It isn't all of these things. But for someone who has a coaching consulting business, getting on the phone and finding out where people are at, their problems, their concerns, their worries. Hi there, I'm Alex better Parker. understand how could I serve them? And, 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 and so just letting you know, I was just going to your site and the video popped up. So if someone is listening and they heard Alex talking <laughs> twice, my bad, I apologize. Let's continue now, Alex. So, okay, you get them on the phone and then? Well, I ask them a lot of questions about where they're at and what they are looking for. And, you know, honestly, this is for someone who's wanting to become like a coach or consultant. This is a great way to kind of vent people through to see, well, do you need coaching or do you need consulting or do you need a mastermind? Mm. Because actually most people would not benefit from a mastermind as much as they would benefit from coaching. Interestingly, it was what I found because sometimes what a mastermind can do is kind of give you untargeted advice from all over the place. And so the way I think about this, like I like math formulas occasionally to use as analogies. When I think about you, if you're a brand new person, you're wanting to get into this world of blogging. You've been listening to Leslie now for two years and you're like, I know I got to get started. Working by yourself is kind of like, one plus one equals two. If you're going to work with a mastermind, that formula becomes synergistic. It's not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals ten. If you work with a coach or a consultant, the formula goes one plus one equals 50. And I use that to say all of these things are great, but it really depends on where you're at in your journey mm -hmm. and the problems that you're facing in order for you to figure out, is a mastermind honestly worth my time? Because time is the only limited resource you have. Got it. Um, now, I, I, I want to know a little more about this. Do you just get on the phone with anyone that maybe comes to the site and say, I want to be in a mastermind um, group? Or is there some kind of a process that happens even before that? So they, when they go to my site, I kind of have a little video that shares a little, little bit about the mastermind. The what video it is. that just played um, <laughs> over you. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yep, that's the one. And uh, they, they fill out for a notification for when I host mastermind groups. And then they fill out a survey. Uh, they're... There are certain things I look for in the survey that kind of tell me what kind of person this is. Um, 
Some people are lazy when they fill that out. Uh, that's not the kind of person I want to work with. Some people are just uninspired. They don't really have a great vision for their life other than that they want more money. But deep down, I, I always believe there's something more there, but what they write there isn't very inspiring to me. I try to only work with people who it get me excited. Hmm. For example, I'm working with a guy right now who's in one of our groups who is, he works in, um, I'll just say he works in the mental uh, disease arena online. He has a great website. It's getting tons of traffic and he wants to grow this thing into live events because his life's mission is to end suffering, especially through relationships. Hmm. Just talking to this guy got me so excited to work with him. Those are the key things that I look for whenever I'm talking with people. If I'm talking to people who just say, well, you know, I want to start a side business. I want to do this. I want to pay off my debt. I want to hear about what is it that this is all about? Is this just about you accumulating more in life or is your mission, your vision, something that just, you know, pulls me in like a movie. Hmm. That's what I'm looking for. So you're, you're, you're trying to decipher these things from a survey and also from these phone calls that you're making with people. And, and actually, now, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about the survey. What's the structure of this survey? Is it a multiple choice survey? It sounds almost like it's, you know, they have to fill in the, fill in the paragraphs. Is, I mean, is that how your surveys are structured? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's paragraphs involved there. Um, and what kinds of questions are you asking? So what kind of questions? I start off with asking some basic demographic questions. Then okay. I ask things like, what are you struggling with? Uh, what are your short-term goals? What's holding you back? What are the things that you have tried? <laughs> and believe it or not, that question almost never gets answered. <laughs> huh. um, how did you find out about this group. Um, how would a mastermind help you accomplish your goal? How supportive is your spouse? Actually, that's a question I used to ask. I don't ask that one anymore. Um, Why is that? It, it didn't really give me a great gauge okay. on what I used to ask that as part of my coaching process because often what I found is sometimes spouses were against the husband or wife saying, I don't want to, I don't want you to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to try to convince two people to help that I could help, right? Um, how much are you willing to invest in a mastermind group? And then I ask some more um, more demographic stuff like when could you meet and where are you at in your entrepreneurial stage, telephone number, all that stuff. Who should consider doing something like this? And when I say doing something like this, I mean, um, uh, for example, I have a membership site. And I'm considering forming mastermind groups within that membership site. And I think it would make a lot of sense for what I'm doing there. But what kind of person should consider forming mastermind groups within their audience? Here, here's where I found the – because there, there's kind of like – there's these levels that people create with uh, websites. I've actually helped quite a few people like Nick Loper of Side Hustle Nation mm-hmm. create mastermind groups – for their blogs and websites, right? So the way I kind of think about this is, okay, you could create a book that's maybe free and then have a paid book. Then you have a course. Usually after a course, the next greatest way 
to upsell people is to go to a mastermind group where you actually work with the people through the material. Um, and then after that, I think that's like high-end coaching or consulting, whatever you want to call it. The mastermind is a great for people who are very self-directed. They don't need the intensive work that a coach can provide, but they want a little bit more accountability and feedback than just taking a course. Leslie, I think you probably already know this, but the stats are that less than 10% of people actually finish any course that's oh, out there. Definitely. Um, I think Udemy put out stats in 2015 that said 9% of people actually finish their courses. Um, so these are the people who want to be in a mastermind group are people that are self-directed, self-directed. They want to take action and they just need a little bit of accountability and feedback on their big idea. And is this more so for people that are talking about business and entrepreneurship and success or, you know, can I have a, a craft blog or a biology <laughs> blog or something else along those lines and, and benefit from doing something like this? You know, I've thought about this a lot because um, I've written a book about it, but <laughs> I think certain subjects, it wouldn't be beneficial because it would be something completely different. Mm. Uh, I have a friend, Nemo Ashan, of Actuarial Journey. I've been helping him think about his community and helping him grow that. And one of the things that work for him is that his, his audience, they're goal-oriented people. And so the kind of mastermind group that he has created is simply his audience member pay, um, I think it's like a monthly fee, oh, quarterly fee, and he gets on a call with them twice a month and everyone goes around the room, say what their goals are, what they want to accomplish, uh, what they were able to accomplish and potential feedback on roadblocks that are stopping them from achieving their goals. And his group, they love this aspect. When I think about you, Leslie, in your biology blog, um, when I think about a mastermind group, I think more of that, that's almost more like group teaching mm. at that point yeah you know because how do you how do you how do you you could i guess coach someone on studying yeah right you could coach them through that process and people t sharing their struggles with that and holding them accountable to what they want to do um but having created a website that targeted students i'm not exactly sure they would see the benefit gotcha but you know what? I'm talking in hypothesis here. Yep. I don't know. I don't know the theory. <laughs> so, uh, 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 how do we? How do you keep track, or do you even keep track of the progress that the members of the group are uh, is making? I mean, uh, like, is there? I know there's the accountability, mm -hmm. but over the long term or short term or whatever the case may be, is there a way that you keep track of what's happening? You know what's really cool, and I found that it actually helps with people seeing the value of the group, is we keep track through an Excel spreadsheet of the goals that they're accomplishing. And I do this for everyone. Um, and after the mastermind groups, I like to send people emails saying, hey, look at where you look at where you are. You know, it's been four weeks. Here's what you've accomplished. Huh. And people say, yeah. <laughs> 
Because it's so easy to forget, right? So how, how does this spreadsheet look? I'm curious because that's not something that we do, but having something like that where you could see it, I could imagine that would be quite motivating. Mm-hmm. So how do you lay that spreadsheet out? So um, I'm, try- I'm trying to picture it in my mind. I'm not a great visual explainer kind of guy. <laughs> so if you think of you're looking at an Excel spreadsheet, on the top, on the columns at the top are people's names, and in the first column is uh, the dates that your mastermind meets, and then in the um, underneath your name for that date would be the things that you accomplished, mm. and so each row is a mastermind meeting. Does that make sense? So, at the, so if I'm looking at the spreadsheet, right at the top, I'm seeing the columns. Those are the individual people's names. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then as I go down from there, I see on these dates, this is what I accomplished. On this date, this is what I accomplished, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yep. Cool. Very cool. And you're just like writing them in. Like, let's say my goal is to uh, increase my income by 50%. You might write in the first field that I've increased my income by 10%, and then the next one we're up to 15 or something like that. Is that what what you're talking about? Yeah, we could definitely get more technical here, but I actually have a space where I write down their goals for what they want to do, and then I write down what they've accomplished in another space. Very cool. Helps me keep track as a coach because then I can, what I actually do for some groups too is I actually coach them outside of the meeting and I help we talk about those specific goals and helping them accomplish it. Awesome, man. That that this I think the the the, the exciting thing about this is now the, the the people in your audience are not just connected to you. They're also connected to each other. Mm-hmm. And that really strengthens the community significantly. So I really love that idea. Hey, if people want to see more of what you're doing, where can we send them? Well, the main base definitely is 66dayexperiment.com. And if you had questions or you're like, well, I really want to find a group, maybe I can help put you in one or get you in contact with people who are looking for one. And the easiest way to do that is just to email me at alexmichaelbarker at gmail.com. You also told me that you will um, gladly offer a powerful coaching session to any high achiever to handle their, their issues. Talk to me about that. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So if anything I said resonated with you or if you're the kind of person who is a big action taker and you're ready to start taking action, what I'd love to do for you is to literally block off two hours where you and I will go through these things and we'll take care of them forever. That's what I want to do. That's how I want to serve people. That sounds kind of crazy, dude. Two hours? If you it's, if you get 500 people... I know you're not going to get that many people. <laughs> if you get 500 people coming as a result of this episode, that's a thousand hours. <laughs> then I'll be a pro, right? There I'll get my go. thousand hours in. Dude, I, when I think about like what brings me the most satisfaction, and this is probably good for anyone to think about, think about the thing that gives you the most satisfaction. For me, it's coaching because... In that, I've been able to transform people's lives. People have been able to quit their jobs or start new businesses. And when I think about that impact that I've made and just not their life, but the life of tens of thousands of people, like that brings me to cloud nine. 
And that's what I want to do for anyone that wants my help. Love it. So make sure to reach out to Alex if you're interested in taking him up on that offer. I might even reach out to him. That two hours sounds kind of good. Alex, thank you so much for coming on here and delivering so much value. Dude, I'm dancing right now. <laughs> That's what's up. Well, you keep dancing as I bring us up, as I wrap this up. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This was episode 277. If you got value from it, you can uh, head on over to becomeablogger.com slash 277. If you missed anything, it'll be right there. And I know you're going to love it. Uh, you don't have to do all the work of taking notes. You might be driving your car. I do it for you. Or somebody does it for you. <laughs> Anyhow, I hope um, uh, if you want to take your blogging business to the next level and you want to be coached by me, I want to invite you to check out the Become a Blogger Coaching Club. Coach you... Man, I'm stumbling over my words, Alex. I'm going to coach you free for 30 days, 100% free of charge. All you got to do is head on over to bloggercoaching.com. That's bloggercoaching.com. Uh, when you register there, you get access to my courses. On building a blogging business, you get access to the live group calls. You get the private Facebook group live webinars and more. Bloggercoaching.com. Head on over there. Let's get the party started. That's pretty much it for now. This is uh, Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. <laughs>